Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Razorback Nation, welcome to this episode of the Hog Talk Podcast. If you like what you're listening to, make sure you hit the subscribe button and leave us a review while you're listening on your Apple device. You can also catch us on Spotify, Stitcher, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and any popular podcast platform. You can also catch the Hog Talk daily, following us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, Discord, and our website, thehogpen.net. We hope you enjoyed this episode of The Hog Talk. Yo, welcome Razorback fans to episode 39 of the Hog Talk podcast. I am, of course, the Friday host here on the HTP, Ty Hudson from the Pig Trail podcast slash Pig Trail Network YouTube channel. And, of course, with me on most on most occasions, my boy from South Arkansas, Jacob Davis. How you doing, my man? Well, it's not say South Arkansas. We don't want to think it's El Dorado, but hey. Well, I mean, you're down. How's it going? Look, <laughs> south of Northwest Arkansas is South. Yeah, us. it is. I mean, y'all are y'all are a whole different world up there. <laughs> Just kidding. We're North. We're North. I've had people from Little Rock call me a Yankee. So I've heard uh, that. Before. I've heard. I've had people. Yeah, I, I've I've got family down there. They say that they kind of consider us more like. Yankees to the rest of the state, but it's all in love. We all love each other. It's it's uh, we're all from Arkansas. It's all that matters. I did have someone tell me too once, actually, that uh, I sound like I'm from from the Midwest. I don't sound like a typical Southerner. Yeah, and honestly, like I I'm from Arkansas. I you should expect me to sound like a damn Southerner. Okay, respect it. I have respect no qualms. There's nothing wrong with sounding like a Southerner, right? That's where I'm from, the good old Bible Belt. That's how we is down here. So we've got a lot to talk about this week, Jake. Jacob. Yeah, man. A lot, a lot of stuff, dude. Man, how about Arkansas forming the Fab Five? That's what I want to talk about. That's the most important thing on my agenda today. Is That's to, your number one? That is my number one. Okay. You've already got two of them already, already committed, Moses Moody and Devontae Davis, Devo. Right. Then you got Chris Moore committing Saturday, Jalen Williams, November twenty sixth, he said. And then uh, November November twenty-third for Jalen Williams. Yep. And then and then you have KK Robinson. We're waiting any day now. That's that's Moses' best friend. So yep. wherever it's been reported, anywhere uh, wherever he goes, KK goes, or wherever Moses goes, KK goes. So mm-hmm. man, big big time deals going down up up on the hill, isn't that right, Ty? Well, it's the best that we've seen. I don't know. Look, the 90s and 80s stuff with Nolan, we know what those guys did on the court. I couldn't tell you where they were ranked coming out of high school. I know Corliss was highly, highly thought of. And I know there's, you know, Todd Daly, Mayberry, and Oliver Miller and guys like that that were also pretty highly thought of. But I, I don't know that they've ever had a class come together quite like this before. Um, I do yeah. think – of course, they've got to get them here and they got to sign them all, but I think they got a good shot. Chris Moore, yeah. 
I think will end up being a hog. I think Jalen Williams will end up being a hog, and and um, and and KK will end up being a hog. Yeah, yeah. Um, back then, Nolan used to call his Burger King all Americans. <laughs> we may I don't not know that I've ever. Heard. This is what I love about you. This is I love it. You you just have this knowledge in the back of your brain, and I'm older than you. Like I don't remember this stuff. I remember him. I, I used yeah. to sneak in and watch them practice because I was supposed to go to the youth center in Fayetteville. Uh, used to be directly located behind uh, the university, and wow, me and some crazy. friends would sneak out. My buddies Nathan and Jeremy, we'd we'd sneak out to go watch the Razorbacks practice, and I can remember him screaming at those players. That's the only memory that I have of knowing that. But that's a good little tidbit there. Yeah. Say it again. So, Whitney's. Uh, oh. Mr. No, Burger no, it was, it was Burger King, Burger King, Burger, Burger King, all American. Yeah. So that's what I want to ask you, though. I mean, I'm going to flip the script on you. I'm going to act like I'm like I'm the host for this question. You do you. What if, what if Arkansas gets the Fab Five out of Arkansas, out of the state? Do you think any of the current players that are currently on the roster want to return? Maybe an Isaiah Joe or a Mason Jones. Think any of those guys would consider returning just to gonna, maybe win a ship? It's going to consider. Uh, it depends on what they do this year. If Isaiah Joe, yeah. who I've seen on most most uh, draft analyst sites, or like I think CBS had a had a uh, early draft prediction, and just people that are already kind of putting their their knowledge out there. I don't see Isaiah Joe right now as first round. Um, if Muscleman can develop him or, or, or sell to Isaiah Joe that, Hey, you know what? You need to come back one more year with me and I'm going to make you, I'm going to make you even better. If he buys into that and, and, and they have a pretty good product on the court this year, then maybe Isaiah Joe comes back. But if Isaiah Joe lights the world on fire and I think these, I think he's absolutely capable yeah. of doing that. If he does that and he's consistent and I don't know, leads Arkansas to a, to the NCAA tournament, maybe they go a little bit further than expected. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, yeah. So much is riding on what happens this year, though, as far as those guys coming back. The question right. is, are they going to pull any scholarships? Are they going to move? You know, because they're going to have to make some room. So that's yeah. what I'm curious about. If and I wonder too, offseason. I wonder too if they're going to just have like they're just expecting Isaiah Joe to to leave, and that's why they're not really thinking twice about their how many scholarships they have. Yeah, could be. I mean, you you don't. You don't really know until you until it gets there, but things work out. You know that that's just how it always has been. It worked out this past off season with Musselman bringing in a bunch of uh, transfers that have to sit out, and some they yeah. get to play this year. Oh I my mean, gosh! Yeah, I mean that Van was Over. that was a big deal. Vanover would have been big this year, but having him develop uh, this off this season and next off season is going to be huge going forward, especially for it the is. roster next year. I hear a lot of people say that, you know, well, he needed that time to, to develop anyways. Well, but you can develop on the court. And he's not he's not going to be a one-and-done. That's not what he is. No. Um, I would much, obviously, and I know you would too, would rather see him play this year, not just because of, of him adding to the depth chart, but obviously that size. Like, they don't have size. Absolutely. No. So, but I, I'm still, I'm still, I'm going to say it from here until the end of the season. I'm still concerned about size unless they can overcome it, but. So since we've already started off with basketball, let's just go ahead and shoot from the hip uh, on on the very topic. Arkansas mm-hmm. North Texas, what stood out the most to you in that ball game? 
the defense, man. Uh, I I tweeted out something uh, Tuesday night after the game, immediately after the game. Uh, Arkansas, their defensive performance was just stellar. They're averaging each in the first two games nine point five percent allowed from the three point line. Yeah, that's that's unfathomable. I mean, I don't I don't really know how to express anything else to you besides that. That is a stellar. A very stellar stat. Um, they're through uh, two games. Arkansas allowed only four three-point field goals. That ranks them third in the country. Yep. The 9.5% from behind the uh, three-point line is ranked second in all of college basketball. And Arkansas's 43 points per game allowed is also ranked third in the country. And even their offensive efficiency is pretty good, too. I mean, it's ranked in the top 25. So, right now, I mean, not not scoring, not not – Field goal wise, but their efficiency rating is in the top twenty-five. Okay, pretty well, good. Something that stood out to me was, uh, and I couldn't agree more. The defense. I knew you're going to go defense because if you were to ask me, that would have been the very first thing I would have said too. The defense has been stellar, forty-three points allowed in back-to-back games. But in this game, what stood out was I enjoyed seeing the forty-four shooting from the field. That was nice to see, twenty-seven yeah. percent at, at three-point range, six to twenty-two. But what did they struggle with? The last couple of years under Mike Anderson, free throw shooting. Yeah. The free throw shooting was, at times, it was atrocious. It was really bad near the bottom of the league at times. Uh, They finished 20 of 24 at 83% against North Texas. That's really good. That's really good. Uh, Mason Jones, your your guy, was 9 That's my boy. He doesn't know it, it, but he's my boy. He's doing it. Him and Isaiah Joe tied for uh, 16 points for the most – uh, not a whole lot of bench production. Silla kind of got out there. I've I've always said I'm I'm on the I'm on the bench with Silla. Like I I don't know what he's going to contribute to this team uh, out the gate. Hopefully, eventually down the road this year, he kind of he does a little bit more. But I'm with you on Mason Jones right now. I'm I'm starting to hop on the Mason Jones hype train. That guy is tearing it up. He's looking really good. I called it last year. <laughs> called it last year. Nobody else saw it, but I knew it. I knew he was going to be a good one. Do you think? I mean, and I, I'm not a big fan of going down the the hypothetical train. But if he has a, a just a terrific year, could you see him trying to bolt to the NBA? Absolutely, that's every guy's dream. I mean, it would have been my dream if I if I blew up my junior year, and and I knew the NBA could be calling my name, I'd be going. Give me he's some a, money. He's a good sized guard, six five and he a is. half, about two ten. That's what NBA guys want too. Yeah. He's he's not one of those you know he's he's not afraid to drive the lane he's he's, he's apparently he's picked up his game uh, yeah. across the board he's just he looks he, he looks really damn good him him and Isaiah Joe and it's like that that was one of my biggest concerns was that if Isaiah Joe got cold first off how do they respond on defense but mostly is there someone else who could step up and we're seeing that out of Mason Jones we've seen it out of yeah. uh, some other guys too other guys are starting to step up a little bit. Yeah, Adrio Bailey too. I've really, Bailey. I've liked what I've seen through two games with him. I'm still hesitant as to saying, okay, he may be a a, a guy that's really improved. The first five games, I mean, you've got Montana, Texas Southern, and South Dakota next. So, yeah, his Georgia Tech is going to be the barometer right now, early on in this season, to see where Arkansas is at as far as Adrio Bailey and and their post play. But you have Reggie Chaney back. I think they'll be able to complement each other. And you won't see you won't see Scylla out there as much, maybe as a rotation rotational forward. Uh, 
with Bailey. Yeah. Well, so that was an impressive game. North Texas, I, and I actually got to watch this one, the first game, obviously, against Rice. Arkansas blew the doors off the hinges on that one, 91 to 43, and then obviously 66 to 43 against North Texas. But um, it was good to finally get a chance to watch them. And now everything that they were screaming about over the radio is like, I finally got to see it. And I was really impressed. I, I really was. There's, I'm hoping that I'm wrong. I'm still leaning towards not making the tournament, but I think what I, what I plan on doing is Texas A&M on January 4th. I, I don't know yes. uh, the day before I'll probably make my actual, like what I expect to see the rest of the season projections at that point. Cause you just, basketball is even more of a, of a misnomer than football. Like you really have no idea what you have, especially in the power mm-hmm. five until you get through at least a couple of challenges in your non-con. And then even really even halfway through your conference schedule. But last question on basketball. Um, and then we'll transition to what football, what's going on with Barry Leonard jr. And the football program, Barry, we all know is the interim head coach. So we'll get to that in a second. I want to know the thoughts, speaking on this non-conference schedule that Arkansas has, what are your thoughts on the rest of the schedule? How do you think they shape up? Based on what we've seen through two games, now we know they're playing some great defense. They look like a well-coached, so far a well-oiled machine. What are your thoughts the rest of this non-schedule or non-conference schedule for Arkansas? I see them all as winnable games. I'm not really sure what Indiana's doing right now. I haven't paid much attention to them, but I know Georgia Tech is the same as they were last year. So I see, I can see Arkansas winning every single game up to the Indiana game. And that's going to be a tough one. It's on the road in Bloomington and Alumni Hall. So that that's going to be a fun one to watch. Yeah. Um, I, if, if they manage, if they win all their non-conference games, that'd be pretty, that'd be pretty special. It'd be pretty cool. Cause that is, yeah. that's a couple of power five wins on the road. And that's something we know for every new coach, and basically a new structured team, let's be real, From from uh, there's some new parts to this team. You kind of expect there to be some hiccups along the way. So if they're able to if they're able to get wins on the road against Georgia Tech, on the road against Indiana, and they still got TCU, um, when is that? January 20-something. January 25th. 25th. Okay. Yeah, January 25th at 3 o'clock. There it is. I got pulled up in front of me now. Home. That's a, if you can get all of those, and yeah, it's a good thing that's at home. I'm glad they're strong. Oh, absolutely. If they can win them all, that'd be huge, and that should tell you. I mean, because at that point, then it's all—it's all nothing but conference play after that. Um, Absolutely, I think Arkansas. I don't know, man. There's there's so much still to, to see. I, I think for me, the jury is still out. But if they continue to trend in this direction, they could—they could surprise some people. So, our last real—not just one topic. There's a couple of questions here, but we have Barry Leonard Jr. as the interim head coach for the football program. What, Jacob, should the expectations be for Barry Lunny here on out? Not getting blown out. A guy that, a guy that maybe brings a little bit of, of energy. Guys respect him. Players love him. Fans like him a lot. Maybe even love him too. I mean, he's been there for seven years. So he's a guy that, that I think a lot of people respect. And he handled himself amazingly in his press conference. So, so – I mean, he he has a lot of composure. Right? You can already tell. So when his back is against the wall, maybe against Missouri, will we see his players respond? Will we we will see how he responds? And I really want to see Arkansas compete. Uh, I don't expect him to go in two weeks and go and beat LSU on the road, but I do expect them in Little Rock 
Hopefully we have some fans there because they know that Morris Tenure is over now. Maybe some fans will come and and maybe maybe the fan support will be there and and but I'm not Bud Walton, but uh, War Memorial will be rocking the Friday after Thanksgiving. Who knows? If, if they, I think if they and and I have to, I I gotta agree with you. Don't get blown out. Be competitive on both sides of the ball. We know that Barry Loney has been the tight end slash special teams coach, but like you said, the players respect him and, and uh, you know, he's pretty well, he's, he's pretty well respected. What he's done for the tight end position at Arkansas is nothing short of incredible. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. You could, you could make the argument that some talent fell into his hands, but you still got to develop that talent. You still got to, you know, take part in the whole, the whole process. And he's definitely been there and, and put some guys in the NFL. And, and unfortunately, I don't know what's going on with Cheyenne O'Grady. We know he's not going to be back. Barry, uh, Barry Lunny, uh, answered that one. He squashed that one quick when the media asked. Yes, so Cheyenne won't be coming back. So I don't know what his future looks like. I think he'll still get drafted and, and you'll have to credit Barry for that. Um, or give him some credit for, for Cheyenne's development. But that guy, uh, was solid. Uh, I think if they had Cheyenne, I'd feel a lot more comfortable moving forward. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'll say this. If they go on, if they go on the road, against presumably the number one team in the country. I think they are. Uh, I, I'm picking them right now to, to, to maybe even win the whole thing. Nobody has looked as good outside of maybe Ohio State um, than, than LSU has. But if they compete against LSU, I'm, I don't know, maybe cover the spread, whatever that's going to be. I'm going to say it's probably like 70 points. Just, <laughs> just be kidding. honest. It's, it's probably going to be at least 30. Uh, <laughs> and that's... <laughs> That's only because they feel sorry for Arkansas. But if you cover the spread, be competitive throughout four quarters, then I bet people do show up. And maybe they still will anyways, just to show support for Barry Lenny and the staff and and, uh, and the players, mostly, definitely the players, because um, we know they've they've been through it, man. They've been through the grinder the last, uh, especially the older guys, the upperclassmen have just been through, I don't know, I guess you could say hell and back. I don't know. But um, I wanted to ask you this, too, on Barry Lenny. If they're competitive against LSU, and if they find a way to split these two games, obviously leaning towards Mizzou, getting a win there, does Barry Lunny's name get thrown into the hat? Should he be under consideration? Under consideration. I know that's probably an obvious question for you, but there have been some other members in, in, in our audience and people on Twitter who think he has no shot, even if he were to beat. I literally had someone on Twitter tell me that if he beats, not just beats, if he beats the crap or I forgot his exact, I forgot what he said exactly, but he said if they, if he squashes Mizzou and in, in, uh, in LSU, that he would have no shot, 0% chance of being named a head coach or even being under consideration. What are your thoughts? Do you agree or disagree? I think he's going to be considered un- until he can't be. I mean, if, if, if Hunter finds a guy that, that wants to come here and, 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 coach Arkansas and 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 be be a guy that really impresses Hunter then I don't think I don't think uh Barry will be in consideration I think I think Barry may be plan E or F if I'm being honest E or F even if he even if he's competitive against LSU and beats Mizzou I think you'll move up to plan D I just say I, I just I, I don't I don't really put too much stock into interim coaches being considered as head coaches. That was uh, me. Yeah, but here we go with the Clemson connections again. 
<laughs> I had to throw that out there. You knew it was coming. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Barry's been there a long time, but I think what everybody knows is Hunter's going to go after a guy that's an established head coach. Yeah. It's the same thing with Sam Pittman. The guy hasn't coached or uh, been a head coach since he was at Hutchinson Community College back in the early 90s. Yeah. So I'm like going to squash that great. too. I don't. I don't think Sam Pittman's a legit uh, uh, contender to be the head coach. I mean, I know Travis Swanson, who's been on our show before, and many others have signed a uh, signed something petitioning for them to hire Sam Pittman, but I doubt it happens. I, the Sam Pittman stuff, and this is what this show is going to be. I've I've just um, I'm at peace with it. Anytime we talk about the, the the what's going on with Arkansas football, we have to talk the coaching search. I think. When it's laid out in front of you, when you hear about how well-connected, obviously, the guy is, how experienced he is, how well he knows the SEC, uh, the kind of players that he's been able to recruit, evaluate, and develop, put into the league, I do think I could see him at least getting an interview. Um, I don't think he ends up getting the gig. I don't think Barry Lenny ends up getting the gig. I think what what I believe to happen the rest of the season is they're going to get absolutely pounced by everybody and Mizzou and LSU are going to kill him. That's not anything against Barry Lunny. That's just the, the, that's the weight of the situation that they're in right now. It's just a, it's a black hole and uh, nobody I think could, could pull them out of this. But Pittman is an intriguing name just because of, of how highly spoken of he is. Yes. Uh, Phil former at Tennessee was, was a co-offensive coordinator for like two years uh, but he was mostly an offensive line coach. Like, that's what he was. He was a positions coach until he got the job at Tennessee, and look what he did. I'm not going to say that it's impossible. My belief is that nothing is impossible. College football, if it's taught us anything, it's that, you know, anything can happen at any given moment or time. Who would have thought, you know, all the drama we had with Houston Nutt and then Petrino on, on his motorcycle, and, and just it just continues to go on and on and on. I know Arkansas fans want to forget that, but this sport is just – it's a fascinating, exciting, terrifying roller coaster ride, and anything can happen. I think if they swing and miss, this is my theory, and and I know you have people that, that you trust. This I, I hate saying this freaking word, but the quote unquote sources. We all have sources. I'm throwing up my air quotations with my fingers, um, but I know you and I both talk to people, and my my fear is that they swing and miss on a whole bunch of names. And then they do have to start settling for, like you said, the plan C, D, and E. And I don't know, maybe that works out. I don't think that it's all doom and gloom all the time. And another thing, too, and I was asked this, and I brought it up on my Pig Trail podcast on the Thirsty Thursday episode that dropped uh, th- yesterday, well, Thursday morning. Um, if, if firing your way to prosperity, is that the route that Arkansas should be taking, or is that a wise thing to be doing. And I'm going to say this, I'm completely on board with it. I, you eventually, you've got to find your guy and there's only one way to do that. Mm-hmm. So, um, I have no problem with that. Yeah. So here's my take on it. Hunter, you're a check. Want somebody that's going to make a winning product on the field. Mm-hmm. And, and, but that and might he's not, not necessarily he's, shock and awe right. and excite the fan base though. Right. But I think he's just kind of like the basketball search. He kept it under wraps. It was so hush-hush that he went out there and, and hired a guy that had an impressive resume that people wanted. He's going to put butts in the seats, get people excited, recruit, can actually recruit and win ball games. He He's not a, a guy that's going to go and say, this is what we are, but not show it. 
he's he's going to get a guy that's wanting. I, I think Hunter's going to want a guy, and they're going to hire a guy that's younger, who's proven himself, who wins at all cost, not cheating, but he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna put uh, put a fight, and he's not going to stop swinging. He's going to hire a guy that wants to win ball games, and and he's going to pull out all the stops every single week. Yeah, a, a blockbuster hire, and I think he may not win the fans over with the name because there was people that doubted Musselman early on, but he's going to have a guy that's smart and knows what he's going to do, and he's not going to lie to him about this is what I'm going to put on the field and not show it. Yeah, that that's my thought. And I don't know who the name, what names are going to be on his list. And I talked to a couple of guys here recently. the mm-hmm. The list is wide open, but Hunter's going to keep it close to his chest. I, the thing I'm finding really interesting is that it it sounds like the board of trustees are going to let Hunter do his thing. And and they did with Musselman. This was all the all every hire that he's made supposedly has been all not Musselman. Sorry, I'm I'm my bad. Hunter, you're a check. Hunter Yurchek. It's been all Hunter Yurchek uh, throughout the hiring processes so far with with uh, gymnastics and with uh, with basketball with hiring of Eric Musselman. Uh, Musselman definitely didn't hire himself. The if if this happens with football, if you let the man do his job, and I think that's the way it should happen. I think it's going to be a very wide open list. I find it interesting too that I'm seeing people on social media talk about, well, the coach has to be this. He has to do this. He has to be proven power five he has to do this and that no 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 you cannot limit your search to that and hunter Yurchek said that in his presser with the media and so of most members of the media they agree with hunter you can't limit yourself because if that's no. the case then then you've really thinned out your search pool and you're going to really be screwed when when those guys when you swing and miss on those guys and all of a sudden, Absolutely. you pushed all these other options out of the way and now they've either gone on and taken another job or they're pissed off because you burned them Um, so I don't believe in that at all. And we're getting that a lot. And there's some people even in our, in our discord and and God love them. I love our discord. Those guys rock. Uh, A lot of them come through my live shows and, and, uh, they're all awesome and they support everything we do, but we got to calm down with the, he has to be this certain type of, of coach, no other considerations. Um, I also talked about yesterday, and I want to know, just for you personally, and, and I guess we can end it here, uh, what are you looking for in a, in a head coach, Jacob? What, what If you were Hunter Yurchak or you're Jacob Scott Davis, the AD of the University of Arkansas, what would you be looking for in a head football coach right now, today? A guy that wins, a guy that, that desires excellence out of himself and his program and his players, a guy that's going to win ball games and a guy that recruits the heck out of every single state that has a <laughs> that that will recruit the heck out of every single player that will coach up guys, help them develop and 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 get guys drafted because that's the thing. Big, uh, big time kids aren't going to go to a school that they're not putting out a bunch of bunch of guys in the NFL or uh or three or four every year, which Arkansas's been known to do. Yeah. If they can put a guy that puts out three or four a year, every single year, that's what I want. Yeah, I like that. As the next like Razorbacks head coach, I I I want a like if I could take Houston Nutt and Bobby Petrino and put them in a blender. Dear God, that'd, that'd be beautiful. That sounded like it might be ugly. Might be a Saw movie. 
uh, script right there. <laughs> but if you could take those two, because there's no doubt that with Petrino, it wasn't like recruiting seemed to be, yeah, just whatever, put in whoever, and, and it's a plug-and-play system. Although we know his first recruiting classes were, or his first recruiting class, he lucked out. He got some great talent in the state. But I think he did a lot with very little. How many of those guys went on to the NFL and did much of anything? Right. I'm not trying to throw them under the bus. Those guys were fantastic. Joe Adams, Jarius Wright, Greg Childs, uh, Chris Gregg. You know, eventually he'd get Kobe oh, Hamilton. Yeah. But those guys, they weren't – This you're not talking about top-tier talent, but yet you look at what Bobby Petrino did with those guys. Mm-hmm. He outperformed in the SEC with B-minus talent. Okay? Ryan Mallett, very good. There's no doubt. For uh, You know, he was a second-round caliber quarterback at the at the very at the most i know he got drafted what in like the fifth fourth or fifth round but um and and but i know and we always get obsessed with star power too but i really think at the end of the day what those guys were where they were they were average maybe a little bit above average sec talent and petrino was able to do absolutely just One was able done. to move the was able to get things done with that kind of talent and, and the same thing with houston nut except houston nut had that raw raw the the I don't know, was able to, to, to get these guys going, get the absolute most out of his guys as well, and he'd give you those uh, those those halftime speeches that got everybody just pumped up and made you want to throw your pads on and go play. I've seen some of those videos across YouTube. Uh, and I remember the coverage back in the day. I mean, that guy got the absolute most out of his players. They both evaluated really well, and they developed talent. They made, you know, with, with Houston, it was give me a two-star, I'll turn him into a first-round draft pick like what he did with Jamal Anderson. Jamal Anderson was a was like a two star tight end or athlete out of high school, if I remember right. And then he's a first round draft pick to the Atlanta Falcons several years later. Uh, he was able to do that. Image that was kind of his focus. That was something Houston that was able to do really well here. If you go back and look at what he did. Um, and again, I'm not trying to throw like those guys, Joe Adams and Jarius Wright. Those guys are legends at Arkansas. They're great. But in this, uh, in this, in the at the time. And the when you zoom out and look at the rest of the SEC, those aren't guys that are names in the NFL. Those aren't guys that were drafted in the first and second round. Those were just kind of a little bit above average talent. And yet Petrino was able to go out and uh, and and win twenty what twenty twenty one games twenty one and five twenty one and five yep. in his last two seasons. So that's what I want. I want someone who gets the absolute most out of. Uh, out of their players and, and evaluates. And, and another thing about Petrino and Tyler Wilson talked about this, all the tiny details in film that Petrino would go over. He would cap, like he would just look at a defense and completely break them down in 30 minutes and be like, okay, here's what we got to do. Like the, the, the just unbelievable attention to detail that, that Bobby Petrino had. I know we're probably asking for a unicorn and, and there, I don't know that they're out there. There's some names I've mentioned this uh, next head coaching uh, guessing game gets old pretty quick. Yeah. I just want someone to take over and be successful. We're asking for a unicorn, but might get a sloth. Oh, don't hate on sloths. <laughs> That's my spirit animal. I love sloths. Um, by the way, they got added as an emoji for uh, all oh, iPhone gosh. users, just FYI. And they added flamingos, too. So Hopefully. shout out to Flamingo Fridays. Uh-huh. All right, well, I think that's going to do it for episode 39 here on the Hawk Talk Podcast. Thank you guys so much for for listening, as always. Please remember to give us some star power. Leave us a written review if you'd be so kind. Jacob, is there anything else you want to say to the audience? Woo pig! Go sloths! <laughs>
What are we what are we at on, on total downloads? Fifteen and a half. Wow. We we were told that that's um, not proper that's ed- etiquette to to talk about our numbers, but we're going to. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. We're, <laughs> we're gonna right. hit twenty thousand well, soon. That's big. Oh, it's gonna be awesome, and I can't wait. And you know what? We're gonna market the we're hell out of that on, on social media. I don't care if that triggers people or not. Till next episode, we'll see you guys around. Woo pig. See ya. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. So hear me out. It's free. My father-in-law always says, the only thing better than cheap is free. So take advantage of it. There's a creation tool that allows you to record and edit from your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all the podcast platforms out there. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to know to make a podcast in one place. So, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. The Yellow Jacket Drive-In is the hub of downtown Sheridan, Arkansas. They are the home of the Hubcap Cheeseburgers. They'll give you crinkle-cut french fries that will tease your palates. The tastiest shakes in the state at 100 North Rock Street in Sheridan, Arkansas. They are family-owned, fast service, and the folks of the Yellow Jacket are ready to see you. Call in your order ahead at 870-942-2486. Shelby Taylor Trucking is the leading timber company in the business. If you need your lane cleared today, Call them at 870-942-7288. TMK Properties is a premier real estate agency for folks looking to move into Sheridan and the surrounding area of Grant County, Arkansas. Tony and Mary Kay Palmer, with their elite real estate agents, are equipped and ready to make your search for the dream home go smoothly as possible. Schedule an appointment with them today at 870-942-0800. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.